It's wonderful to be in his presence, amen? It's wonderful to experience his love, his grace, and his mercy on this Sunday morning. What a joy it is to be able to assemble, not just in his house, but with his people, and to feel what we feel this morning in this room. Those of you that are visiting with us today, allow me to take just a moment and say we are truly honored to have you, and we pray that uh, your time with us today is a time of edification and a time of encouragement and a time of hope being ministered to you in a manner where no matter what you may be dealing with today, that you'll walk out of here encouraged knowing that you don't have to face life alone, but you can walk with the power and the anointing of God. Amen. Our focus today is simply to point everybody to Jesus because he's still the answer. Amen. And whatever you have need of, you can find him there. Let me welcome our online audience as well. So good to have you with us again this morning. Many of you are with us every service and uh, from all over the place. And uh, we're so grateful and we say a very special good morning to all of you. And, uh, and especially, I, I don't do it often, but I do follow and I know who's there continually. So let me just give a shout out to, uh, to Bonnie Urban this morning. I know she's watching. And uh, we love you and we appreciate you. And uh, they're in Iron River, Michigan. Amen. Can we make her welcome this morning? And, uh, but today, anybody ready for the word this morning? I pray that we are. Those of you going to class, feel free to do so at this time. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, uh, we are going to be many places, uh, but we will be in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 in just a few moments. Uh, but before you go to 12, you might just flip over a couple pages and go to 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We'll read a verse out of there to lay our foundation this morning. Uh, last Sunday evening, we kicked off a series of messages, and I shared with you last Sunday that I, I'm not a big series preacher, but I felt like it was something the Lord has put on our heart to do uh, for the next few services, and uh, with the help of the Lord, we're going to do that, and uh, I, I want us to get to a place where all of us in this room has a very clear understanding of what God has given us when we start talking about the Holy Spirit or whether you say the Holy Ghost. We're talking about the same individual. But uh, we're going to, the Lord would help us today continue this series as we talk about a biblical understanding of Holy Spirit. And how many knows it's important to have an understanding of what God wants us to understand? Amen. I'm thankful for the presence of the Lord in this room. And it's obvious that the Holy Spirit is in this room today. And uh, I've had the privilege over my life to be in services where the Holy Spirit has been and manifested himself in many different ways in settings such as this. I've seen people shout and run the aisles. I've seen them weep and cry. 
I've seen them set and not move in the stillness of the Holy Spirit. I've watched him manifest in many different ways, and he always knows what he's doing. Amen. And he knows uh, what the people need at that present time. And But I think through the years, uh, we have, especially in the group that we grew up in, we was very... Uh, we was very open and sensitive to the Holy Spirit, but I don't think we did the best job in teaching the operation of it and having a full biblical understanding of it. And I've worked and studied and labored over uh, the word of the Lord concerning this because I never want to discourage anyone about operating in the Holy Spirit, but I do want people to be released in operating in the Holy Spirit but I have to be honest with you, a lot of the things that we saw in the church labeled as the Holy Spirit was not the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and I believe that we must understand that any time that the Holy Spirit is in operation in a private setting or a public setting, it will always bring glory and honor to the Lord and it will never bring glory and honor to men. Uh, it should always reflect the Word of God. It should always be in alliance with this Word. If it's not in alliance with this Word, then it's out of line. And it's not the Holy Spirit, but it is a familiar spirit. And how many knows that a familiar spirit means that it's trying to imitate something else? And therefore, or we could say it this way, it's a counterfeit. And I'm not interested in a counterfeit because you can give me a stack of counterfeit $100 bills and they have no value. You can give me a counterfeit spirit. It has no value. The devil doesn't get nervous. Uh, the demons doesn't tremble. But when somebody walks up empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll hear the enemy begin to squeal and begin to flee. Because the Bible tells us that when we operate in the authority of God, he has to flee from his people. Amen? So I'm not going to re preach or reteach, whatever you want to call it, Sunday night, but let me catch us up very quickly before we read our text this morning. Last Sunday evening, and we began from Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, and it says this, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. I stand by this statement that I made last week, and that is this, I sincerely believe that one of the greatest needs, if not the greatest need, that the church currently has is for individuals of the faith to have an understanding, a biblical understanding concerning the gift, the purpose, and the operation of the Holy Spirit. And I feel like today that uh, over the next few services, my goal is to bring clarity and correction as well as a release for every one of you in this room and everyone that is watching us to get to a place where you are not full of anxiousness when it comes to the Holy Spirit, but that you have a boldness to flow in it freely and to operate in whatever gifting the Lord may have given you by and through this precious gift. How many knows it is a precious gift? 
This generation, please hear me, is in need of experiencing its own spiritual outpouring, or we could say it this way, it is in need of its own Pentecost. It doesn't need to continue to hear stories of yesteryears, but it needs to have an encounter, and how many knows we are the tool that God uses to help usher that in, and therefore I encourage us to have an understanding of it. And this, this morning, we're going to continue talking about this simple reality. Everything, tell your neighbor everything, everything that takes place in the church at this time is done by and through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit isn't present, there isn't much ministry getting done. I don't care how many programs we do. I don't care how many buildings we build. I don't care how many songs we sing. I don't care how many messages we preach. Not much ministry is getting done unless the power of the Holy Spirit is present. Because how many knows it is the Spirit that does what? It breaks strongholds. Amen. So we need to understand that today. We find that when we begin to walk through this, we realize that there is a multiple way that the Holy Spirit is manifested, and we're going to get into some of that today. But I want to begin in 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, going to read one verse, and then we're going to read some verses in chapter number 12 as well. So here we go. We're going to, the Lord would help us. We're going to continue part two of a, a biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 12, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and this is what he says, even so ye, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. Let me read it again. Even so ye, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, Seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. Verse number one in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, let us begin. It says the following. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Verse number four. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man as he will. Now, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you for your people. And Lord, I pray for the next few moments you would anoint this vessel. Lord, to deliver that which you've birthed in our heart over the last several weeks. And Lord, I pray that we would walk with power and authority in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord this morning. We are in a place today in our nation as well as the nations of the world where there desperately needs to be a reemerging of spiritual authority. 
We must experience a restoration within the body of Christ in this moment of time. However, the only way for us to do that is to begin to once again desire that which he has for us. How many knows he has things for us? The word of the Lord tells us that the promises of the Lord are yea and amen to who? To them that will believe. And one of the greatest promises that he has given us, we find in Scripture. And we find it in the Scripture when he simply is saying that it is expedient for me to go, that my Father then will release or will send he, the Holy Spirit, to come and he will be a comforter to you. He also will be a teacher to you. He will lead you and guide you. He will show you things that was, things that are, and things that will come. But also, he is one that will endue you with power from on high. And you will be able to be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Can I tell you today, when you read on a little further, you find this in Acts chapter 1. He says, John truly did baptize with water, but there's one that's getting ready to come. He's going to baptize you with power and authority. You are going to walk in a manner that you have never walked before. Now, we find concerning this in this very hour, what we're dealing with today is there is a onslaught, it appears, of demonic influence and attack. We are engaged in the spiritual warfare. We are still, please hear me, we are not on the love boat today. If we're born again, but we are on the old ship of Zion. And that old ship, even though its sails are battered and torn, can I tell you, it is still sailing. It's still moving. It has navigated through minefields for generations. It has went through some difficult storms, but it's still sailing. Uh, There has been attack after attack that's tried to destroy and to try to discourage those on board. But can I tell you, there's, uh, there are those that have been riding this thing uh, for many years, and you can tell them uh, that, all oh, you need to change, but they can tell you not because of somebody else's testimony, but, but because of their testimony, uh, that the captain of this ship, he's been too good to me. Uh, he's been too faithful to me. Uh, he has empowered me and equipped me with everything that I've ever needed. Uh, I may have not have had all my wants, uh, maybe not had all the things that the world says you need to have success. Uh, but for those that have been on this old ship of Zion, uh, they can stand and testify this morning uh, that this path is still the best path, uh, that it's still the way uh, where we can walk in victory and power and authority. Can I tell you today, uh, I, I want to teach, but I feel the preacher, so I don't know how far I'm going to get this morning. And you all shouted and, and prayed a while so I'm going to have to preach real fast this morning, okay? So you listen fast and I'll go fast and, and, and we'll, we'll see what God has. But, but this morning, I want us to understand at the very beginning of this, uh, it has always been our Father's desire for us to grow and to walk in power and to walk with authority. Uh, so much so that he refused, as I just said, to leave us uh, 
powerless. Uh, no individual or local church or global church for that matter will experience the completeness God intended for them without the manifestation uh, of the gifts uh, for the edifying of the church. Uh, do you know why we're here this morning? Uh, it's not just to sing a song uh, and it's not just to give an offering. Uh, it's not just to hear a message, uh, but we're here this morning by the design of the Lord uh, so that we can be equipped and edified uh, to walk in power and authority out there. Uh, so why is it that we need to be here? Uh, it's because there's a world out there that needs Jesus. Uh, and can I tell you, it does not matter how much religion we have uh, or how much religious activity we participate in uh, unless we are walking with the power and the authority of God uh, we will never break strongholds uh, we will never see healing uh, we'll never walk with the miracle working power of God uh, we will not walk with wisdom uh, we will not walk with knowledge uh, we will not experience uh, all that God has for us uh, but can I tell you uh, in this uh, lesson this morning uh, I want us to understand the importance of the gifts uh, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, no church, uh, I don't care how polished it is, I don't care how much talent it has. Uh, I don't care how much prep work goes into it. Uh, if there is not the presence of the Holy Spirit, uh, lives will never be transformed or changed. Uh, we can make it all look good and sound good, uh, but if there's no power to it, uh, it's not worth having. Uh, let me hear you this morning. Uh, what should be our attitude towards the gifts of the Holy Spirit, someone may ask. Uh, can I tell you the Bible's very clear as Paul is writing in First. Corinthians 14. He says, I need you to be zealous for spiritual gifts. Uh, however, uh, you need to understand why you need those gifts. Uh, you need those gifts uh, so that you can excel uh, to the edifying of the church. Listen, God expects us not to stay on milk our whole Christian life. You're not going to shout me down this morning, and that's okay. But please hear me. Paul is saying, I need you to understand that this gift, this gift of the Holy Ghost that God has given to you, that power that you have tasted and seen is good. He said, it's not just been given to you to say, oh, I've got it, but it's been given to you so that you can excel uh, to the edifying of the church. Now, you say, why is that important? Uh, please hear me. We need to walk with wisdom. Uh, we need to walk with understanding. Uh, we need to understand what's going on around us in our world and in the lives of men and women. Uh, but we only do that uh, when we're walking in a manner where God is able to deposit in us. Uh, you see the first thing that he says uh, I want to get this out clearly uh, I don't want you to be ignorant uh, can I tell you we have dealt with a lot of ignorance in the church and I don't say that in a judgmental fashion uh, but we have got people to a place uh, where we get into an emotional setting uh, where the spirit begins to move and I appreciate that uh, but then we get people in an altar uh, and we begin to give
give them uh, little lines such as, uh, well, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God's moving. You can receive that now. Uh, or you can receive this now. And, and then we get everybody to the front. Uh, and then we begin to pray. Uh, and the Bible's very biblical uh, that you can lay hands and they can receive. I believe in that. Uh, but at the same time, we have been men and women that we've never taught or trained in the church uh, that should be spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers that would lead the next generation. Uh, and therefore, they get into a prayer service, which is wonderful, however, but at the same time, it can be very deadly and dangerous uh, because then we get somebody getting to feel the power of God. Uh, and then we say, well, this and this, we try to coach them along. Let me tell you this. Uh, the Holy Spirit does not need you or I to coach somebody uh, on how to receive the gift. Uh, but when somebody, uh, oh God help me, I gotta, I gotta slow down. Uh, but when God uh, begins to move in the hearts of a man or a woman uh, and the Holy Spirit begins to move, uh, if you're not careful, uh, you'll become an, uh, a distraction and keep them from getting the very thing that they need. Uh, and you're sitting there saying, well, do this or do that. Listen, I've seen all kinds of crazy stuff in my travel. Uh, I've told people to, to, to just move your lips. Uh, and they actually, I've seen people touch people's lips. Uh, all this kind of stuff. Listen, uh, God is going to do what God needs to do without your and I assistance. Uh, we got to get away from ignorance. Because I'm going to tell you something. Uh, what happens in those settings is then somebody that does not know, uh, they simply say, oh, that's it, honey, you just got it. And all they had was a, an emotional vibration of their bodily organs. Uh, and now they have been led to believe that they have received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and they walk out the door of our sanctuary. Uh, and then uh, they're still just as defeated. Uh, they're just as mentally un unstable. Uh, they're just as emotionally a mess as they was before they came. Uh, but yet now they're walking and they're saying, well, uh, on July 1st, 2023, they said I got it, so I must have got it. Uh, so now I don't know why it's not good because I'm still in the same mess I was so now they're confused. Uh, can I tell you uh, we cannot be ignorant in spiritual gifts. Uh, yes we can pray for one another. Uh, we encourage one another uh, but listen uh, if God anoints you with the power and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, yes I said on Sunday night uh, you will not just say ta ta ti ti. Listen you can do that without the spirit uh, but when the Holy Spirit comes uh, you will begin to speak in a heavenly language or you will begin to speak in an unknown language that you have never studied. And then there will be an interpretation where the church will be edified by it. Listen, when God begins to speak to the Holy Ghost, it will always be in a language fashion. I understand in prayer time we can have what we call stammering lips, but we are not to give. Listen, you cannot give an interpretation off of stammering lips, but you can give an interpretation off of a Holy Ghost encounter when the Holy Ghost begins to speak through a man or a woman. Uh, I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm not being judgmental, uh, but there's a lot of things that the Holy Ghost gets blamed for uh, and he wasn't even in the room. Let's not be ignorant. Should I go on? What does it mean to be ignorant? To be lacking in knowledge or training. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes and he will teach you. Please hear me. There should be no lack of understanding. But also, we find this, we are not to be neglectful 
towards the gift. There are men and women in this room, and I'm going to say this in the most loving way that I can. I know you're saved. I know you're on the way to heaven. And I know that you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost in your life in days gone by. But if you're not careful, you have neglected it. Because we thought, well, I, I got it. That's all I need. I got it. Paul says, understand, be zealous for the gifts so that you may excel to the edifying of the church. Let me ask you this morning, man of God, woman of God that is saved and spirit-filled, when was the last time you operated in whatever gifting God may have given you when you received the Holy Ghost? Because please hear me, every individual that receives the, the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you will be given a primary gifting that you work in. But if you yield yourself at any given time, you can be used in any of the nine spiritual gifts that is mentioned in Scripture. Not every individual walks with all gifts. I believe that to be true. However, I do believe that men and women can walk with multiple gifts. But however, when other people refuse and they neglect the gift, God can use you if you're a willing vessel and a yielded vessel at any given time in one gift, and he may never use you that way again. But when you're yielded and when you're sensitive, and that's why Paul says to Timothy, and you've heard me say this over and over, last words are important. Timothy is getting ready to no longer be able to spend any time with his predecessor, his spiritual father. Paul is getting ready to come to the end of his life and he's writing to Timothy a personal letter in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 14. He says, Timothy, neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given thee by the prophecy and with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. He's saying this, Timothy, I remember the day. I remember today when the prophecy was spoken over your life I remember the day when the elders laid hands on you and I remember the gift of the Holy Spirit that came upon you, but also remember the gift that God has placed in you. Now, don't you ever neglect it. How many knows when you neglect something, it begins to deteriorate very quickly? There's a lot of deterioration taking place in the body of Christ today because we're looking in the natural at how bad it is and how uncertain it is. And God says, get your eyes back on me because no matter where you are, I'll never leave you, never forsake you, be with you always. Some of you need to get your focus back, but not only get your focus back, but have a biblical understanding that the Holy Spirit cannot be neglected, but you got to reach down and stir it up. You say, how do I do that? Can I tell you, when you come back and you fall in love with the word of God, remember the church that was addressed in Revelation chapter number two simply says, I see all that you've done and I know what you've stood for. However, I still have something against you because you have lost and you have left your first love. Let that not be said among us today. But let us understand 
that we cannot be ignorant concerning this gift, but we have to also not neglect this gift. And it takes me to the third thing I'll mention this morning is that you and I must once again have a desire for this gift and for the operations of it. You say, why is that important? Please hear me. The basic definition for desire is to have a longing or a craving. I wonder this morning, can we honestly say that the church in America has a longing or a craving for the power of the Holy Ghost? And not only should we have a longing and a desire for the presence of the Holy Ghost, but also for the giftings that come with it. Are we desiring wisdom? Are we desiring knowledge? Are we desiring the discerning of spirits? Are we desiring faith and healings and miracles? Are we desiring tongues and interpretations of tongues? Are are we desiring true prophetic words to be spoken? We have to have a desire for it. But also, we have to be the ones that willingly will stir it up. Quit waiting for a preacher to stir up this gift. Quit waiting for a singer to stir up this gift. But know this, that God gave you this gift so that you could be part of edifying the body of Christ. Now, if you read through what we read together this morning and you slow down and really read through it, you find that in verse 4 of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, it says, now there are diversity of gifts but it's the same spirit. Can I tell you, there is multiple giftings in this room and your giftings by and through the Holy Spirit makes our adversary very nervous. My dear friend, Dr. Dale Yurton does a wonderful teaching on manifestation gifts and I've taught it at other times throughout the years but he breaks the nine spiritual gifts down into three categories and he breaks them into revelation gifts and power gifts and then vocal gifts. And I think it's a very unique way to bring it and present it because can I tell you revelation gifts is something that we desperately need. Men and women in this room, you have to understand that it's important for you and I if God has given you these revelation gifts, you you, you do no good when you keep those things to yourself that the Lord may be sharing with you, but you should share them with the headship of the local church, whatever local church you may be associated with, so that it can then be prayed over and prayed through, and then it can be determined on how is the best and most effective way for it to be presented to the body of Christ so that we don't go in a place where we are bombarded unexpectedly. What are these revelation gifts? Can I tell you that when some individuals receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there is a gift that they begin to operate in. And we find that a few of these revelation gifts that we will mention, we'll give you three of them this morning. And it's three of the nine spiritual gifts that is mentioned in scripture is this. The first one is wisdom. Please hear me. When someone is operating with the gift of wisdom, 
they basically have the ability, it is a God-given ability, to perceive supernatural wisdom from God when it is needed, meaning this, that there can be spiritual insight given to you. I have seen men and women operate in this gift. It means this, without any warning, without any expectation, the Lord begins to show them things in their prayer time or in their time of the word or even in their time of worship. God begins to show them things and he begins to give them this wisdom so that then the body of Christ can be edified, meaning this, it's almost like a child on a path with a, with a, with a father and, and the father simply is leading them and the father sees something on the path that could bring harm or destruction and he simply says, son, don't come any further. It's wisdom. He's telling him not to proceed down this route but go this way. There is a redirection that can come by the gift of wisdom to the body of Christ. How many knows it's easy to get off course sometimes? And we need that gift of wisdom. We also find this in that revelation gift that there's the gift of knowledge. What is the gift of knowledge? The gift of knowledge is this. It is the God-given ability to receive from God by revelation, facts, and information which are humanly impossible to know. Can I tell you today, it is something we need. We have watched it. We have seen it in the past. But where is it today? The gift of knowledge, how does that manifest? Oftentimes, I have been in services, and you probably have as well, is that there would be a time of prayer, and somebody begins to operate in the gift of knowledge. And it can be as simple as this, as the Lord shows them that there's somebody in the room that has a specific need or a specific circumstance, that God is desiring to release them and heal them of that which ails them at that time. And that gift of knowledge can simply come forth and say there's somebody in here that has has whatever and if that's you come forward and then when the people of God pray they can be delivered from that very thing it's called a gift of knowledge don't be all caught up in this this ideal that the Holy Ghost is just here for a feel good goosebump up and down your spine it's so much more than that It is for the edifying and equipping of the saints so that we can walk in the power and the authority that God has for us. Thirdly, of the revelation gifts we find is the discerning of spirits. This is a God-given ability to recognize what spirit is behind different manifestations or activities. But it also gives you the wisdom to know how to cope with those spirits. How many knows that everything that moves in the sanctuary isn't always God? Oh, but preacher, it's the house of the Lord. Can I tell you something? I have had some demonic encounters in the house of God. And it was by people that even was professing to be Christians. Please hear me. There has to be a discerning of the spirit. And men, let me just throw this in there for free. It seems like there is an overwhelming majority because of how women are made up. They are a little bit more sensitive, whether we want to admit that or not. 
And if a woman is really praying and seeking God, has got the power of the Holy Spirit, there is a lot of elder women, especially as women begin to get into their middle age and get into their elder years, God seems to begin to anoint them with a special gift of wisdom as well as a discerning of spirits. And I can tell you that there is a, there's a, men, you should listen when, the, when, well, I just don't know if we should do that. Now, I ain't talking about when you're buying a bass boat or a new motorcycle. No, that's, that, that's something different. But I'm talking about when it comes to spiritual things. Uh, y'all ain't even going to laugh on that one. No, that's all right. Uh, but what I'm saying to you today is that there is a gift that comes with the power of the Holy Ghost. Where, uh, uh, where when you begin to be sensitive, the Lord will simply say, don't do that. Don't do that. And I will tell you, I'm thankful for the gift of the discerning of spirits. And I'm thankful that it also gives us, uh, because I can tell you uh, there's been a lot of times people say, well, bless God, let's just throw them out on their head and do this and do that. I've heard people say that. I've been in meetings that said that. But then an elder statesman uh, would stand and say, no, that's not what God is saying to do. Can I tell you, you have to be sensitive. We also find today that when we start talking about having a biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit, and I'm hurrying this morning, is that we need to understand it does not just come with revelation gifts, but it also comes with power gifts. And that's not just reserved for a preacher or an evangelist or for a prophet, but it is for every man or woman that will operate and will surrender. The Bible's very clear. Paul's writing in the book of Romans. He says that we have to yield our bodies. And whatever we yield our body to, that is what we become servant of. And any man or woman that will yield their body to the service of the Lord, you are applicable to, to receive any of these gifts that we're talking about this morning, but especially even power gifts. What is power gifts? Uh, the first one I want to give you this morning is faith. Does anybody got faith in this room? Amen. Now I'm going to talk to you. Does anybody got real faith this morning? God can move this mountain. God can do this. And God, listen, there is a gift of faith. Everybody has a measure of faith. The Bible's very clear of that. Uh, and we know that our faith can grow and develop. Uh, however, uh, there is a gift of faith that comes with the impartation of the Holy Ghost uh, for certain men and women. Uh, and they can live in a realm. Uh, and this is a God-given ability to believe God for the impossible. Can I tell you, I've had to believe God for the impossible a few times. But he's always came through. And I'm thankful for that. Because can I tell you, when you're in a place where you just don't know, but then you can call out and say, God, I need you. And God, I believe that you're able. Uh, and then he comes by the power and by the hand of the Holy Spirit and begins to move. And then we're all shocked and say, oh, my Lord, I can't believe he did it. Listen, it was because there was faith present in the room. Uh, and I wish to God that this morning uh, on, on the first day of July or the second day of July, whatever it is, uh, that there would be an arising of faith within the body of Christ once again and realize uh, that the God that delivered uh, the children of Israel from the Red Sea is still the same God that is able to deliver you uh, and your family from whatever obstacles in front of you. Uh, but when a man of faith uh, begins to operate uh, and he says, God, I'm gonna call it forth in the name of Jesus. Uh, can I tell you, every devil in hell has to back up and release. Uh, and we need some men and women of God uh, to operate in the power gift of faith this morning. There's not much impossible taking place in our lives because there is not a presence of faith in the manner that we should be operating in. 
The second power gift that I'll give you this morning we find is healings. How many knows God did not allow his son to go to Pilate's hall and to have his back plowed like furrows, uh, his be opened up where his organs was hanging out of his body just so we could walk around sick and diseased. But it says, by his stripes we are healed. But how many knows that the enemy tries to steal every good thing that God wants to bring to us? And he tries to capture, it says this, every good gift comes down from heaven. Meaning this, uh, it all comes down from the storehouse of heaven. Uh, But when it comes through the heavenlies, the enemy always tries to grab it and tries to snatch it and put it into bondage. Uh, But can I tell you, when a man of God or a woman of God that has been empowered by the Holy Ghost uh, and has the gifting of healing in their hands, uh, can I tell you, what does that mean? It means it's a God-given ability uh, for them to impart healing for the physical body at specific times. Uh, In the attitude of worship this morning, uh, in the presence of this room, uh, I'm here to tell you as they began to pray and they began to anoint hands on each other, uh, I began to feel the power and the gift of healing began to come uh, into this room. uh, And you don't have to leave sick. uh, You don't have to leave bound today uh, in your physical body. uh, Not because I'm preaching this message, no, but because the Holy Ghost is present in this room and there is men and women that's in this room that has the gift of healing in their hands, but they they gotta be released to operate in what God has called them to do. So right in the middle of this message, I'm gonna release the man of God and the woman of God to begin to operate in the giftings that God has given them. I release you from a spirit of intimidation uh, because well what if it don't work what if it don't work here to hear me this morning uh, and we operate in faith empowered by the Holy Ghost uh, in faith believing uh, cancers will fall off uh, heart disease will be healed uh, sugar diabetes will be dried up uh, but I just need a man of God and a woman of God uh, that says I'm going to be who God's called me to be I feel my help this morning. You may not get out at noon. You only got a minute. I can't do it in a minute. I'm sorry. Uh, can I tell you, uh, I traveled a lot of miles to get here this morning because I wasn't going to miss this service. Uh, men just didn't get, get home to 3 o'clock. We traveled 4,000 miles yesterday. Uh, can I tell you, I said, I got to get back to the house of God. Uh, I said, if we get to Houston and delayed, we'll drive all night. I'll rent a car. Uh, it wasn't for any other reason to get here to tell you uh, that there is still the power and the anointing of God uh, in the earth today uh, that is able uh, to do exceedingly and abundantly uh, what you could ever ask or think. My God, hear me. There's a healing release coming to the United States of America. I decree and declare to you by the unction of the Holy Ghost uh, that strongholds is coming down. Uh, I decree and declare to you today uh, that the power uh, of the enemy is loosing uh, and it's breaking. Uh, There is a release uh, that is coming, uh, but God says I need my man uh, and I need my woman uh, to stand uh, in the power and the authority of God. He didn't just give you a gift to say Kawasaki and Suzuki. No, he gave you a gift to walk with power and authority. Quit being ignorant. Quit neglecting it. Start operating in it. Another power gift, please hear me. 
power gift of miracles. You say, no, nah, you're, you're getting a little far out there, preacher. Please hear me. It is a God-given ability to perform the impossible. May I ask you this question this morning? Is there anything too hard for your God? Do you really believe that this morning? Is there anything too hard for your God? You say, I don't believe there is. Well, then why do we have such a problem with operating in miracles? Because miracles means this, that we have the God-given ability to perform the impossible. If there's nothing impossible with God, then it means nothing's impossible with us. Now, sweetie, you just do what I do. Just loose your tongue, move your lips. You got it. Go back home. Oh, you got it at youth camp. But then we didn't do anything with it. Hear me. One of the most powerful things that we can do is send our kids to camp. That's just a plug for camp. Because it changes their environment. It gets them sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But listen, when they come back recharged and fired because they felt and experienced the touch of the Holy Spirit, please hear me. It's then that we have to train and develop them. We can't just say, honey, you got it, and sit down. But there has to, they have to have an understanding that, you know what, there's more to this thing. And how do they learn that? Is by seeing mommies and daddies operating in the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. There are men and women under the sound of my voice this morning. You have these revelation gifts and you have the power gifts, but when was the last time you operated in them? Why haven't you operated in them? Well, I just don't want to be misunderstood. Biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit, let me just give you this. It always disrupts society. And it always makes religious people mad. But it always is done in decency and order and it always brings glory and honor to God. Please hear me. I'm hurrying. We need some impossible things to happen. And it's only going to happen when men and women that is empowered by the Holy Ghost begin to allow him to move as he wills in their life. And when you begin to move in that manner, miracles begins to take place. And I'm not talking about just any miracle, but I'm talking about creative miracles. You hear me? Because we do have a creative father. He just spoke and things began to be formed and made. If he can make all of this that we see every day, think it not too hard for him to grow a limb, to fix a deformity. Hear me this morning. I'm talking about having a biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit. Then let me give you three more, and then I'm going to bring this to a close. Not only do we have 
revelation gifts and power gifts, but we have vocal gifts. I've touched on these just briefly. If you was to read Acts chapter 2, most of you are probably familiar with this passage, but let me read it just so I read it correctly instead of quoting it. Chapter 2, verse number 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set up on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. And now when they heard this noise, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? As I shared on Sunday evening, nearly every place in New Testament scripture through the book of Acts, it is clearly that every time there was a manifestation through the speaking of tongues when a group of people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There is a movement came in the last 15 years that began to say, Yo, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you don't have to necessarily speak in tongues. I'm not going to debate that because of the simple fact, when I look through Scripture, I believe that we should expect to have a similar encounter with what the prophets did and the apostles did and the church that we are still a continuation of from Acts chapter 2 to present day Every time, whether it was Jews, whether it was Gentiles, did not matter. When they received the gift of the Holy Ghost, they began to speak with tongues. We should expect to have a similar encounter. Does that mean that everybody's going to speak in an unknown tongue in a public setting or what have you? Not necessarily. But here's what I'm saying to you today. We should not resist whatever God has for us and how he wants to manifest to us. Can I tell you this? We don't have to be fearful of this gift. All I'm saying is that tongues is given as a sign for the unbeliever. And I shared with some of you and a few times over the years the simple fact that, you know, when we was kids and we brought people to church, we was always praying on the way to church, Lord, don't let them have that kind of service tonight. Right? Because we thought it was going to just drive our friends away and they're going to think we was absolutely crazy and all those types of things. Now, you, you, you all been there. I know. I, but the thing is, is the Bible teaches us the complete opposite, that tongues is given for a sign to the unbeliever. And then they say, well, what in the world is that about? But listen, tongues, it's a God-given ability which enables a believer. There's multiple kinds of tongues. We'll get into it very quickly. There's multiple kinds of tongues, but the tongues that we're talking about in Acts chapter 2 is a God-given ability which comes up on an individual to speak a language. Tell your neighbor a language. A language which he does not know. 
That would be like the Holy Spirit coming and sitting in this room and all of you began to speak Japanese or Spanish and you'd never studied or learned it. That's what happened here. Now, it began to confound the people of that day because it, how in the world can these Galileans be speaking in the language that we was born in? Doesn't make any sense. But it began to bring them to a place where they understood something's going on here. Now, that language ministers to individuals. Let me give you a quick story. Brother Rick is in heaven today, but his grandfather and grandmother, they lived in the hills of Hazard, Kentucky. Back in the day when you had a lot of immigrants from Russia and other places working in the mines. And one day, this big, burly Russian guy with broken English stops in the backyard and speaks to Brother Rick's grandmother and says, how is it that every day when your husband walks by me, that he's speaking about a man named Jesus in perfect Russian. Where did he learn to speak Russian? He had never been out of Hazard, Kentucky. And to my knowledge, they don't speak Russian there. <laughs> but God was using him in that private manner, private setting, ministering to a man about Jesus. Who is this Jesus? But that's not the only kind of tongues there is. There is interpretation that comes with that great gift, that great vocal gift. Now, there is that type of tongue, but then there is a tongue called a prayer language. Every one of us will have a prayer language of some sort in our lives. I say grow in it, develop it, let the Spirit pray through you because the, the Bible, it's very clear, there is times in our lives that we do not know how we should pray. Bible says you don't know how you ought to pray. So let the Spirit begin to pray through you. Now, if you begin to pray in the Spirit, that does not mean to be something that needs to be bolsterous and loud, especially if that prayer language begins to come on you in a church setting. That's between you and God and you're interceding maybe for five people or ten people or a hundred people that's in the room that needs a deliverance. Understand. It's called growing and developing in the faith. But there is times that there's a public tongue that's given that requires an interpretation. And we have people in this room that operate in that. And I'm grateful for it. But when that is present, you will know it's of God. It doesn't disrupt, it doesn't confuse, but it brings a stillness and a quietness in the room. And when somebody yields to that and operates in that, there will be an interpretation, sometimes by that same individual or by somebody else that's in the room that has been given the gift to be able to interpret. So what does an interpretation mean? An interpretation is not a translation. An interpretation is a summary of what God is speaking in a heavenly language that he wants men and women to know. So we have to have understanding of these vocal gifts because, can I tell you, if somebody does not know the difference between the two and they're praying and speaking in a prayer language and they begin to take over a service and nobody can interpret it, how can anybody be edified by it? 
Because Paul says, search out the best gifts. It's better for you to give a word that everybody can understand because if you speak in something that I don't understand, I am a barbarian to you and you to me. I've been in some of those services. And it wasn't because the people was bad. It was because they didn't have a biblical understanding. I'm here to tell you that this is what I sincerely believe if they want to come to the music this morning. Here's what I believe. God is bringing us to a place of biblical understanding for the Holy Spirit because there's getting ready to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in America. Or I would not be preaching and teaching in this manner on a Sunday morning. But God is getting ready to do something that you and I cannot comprehend in our natural way of thinking. Not only is there tongues, not only is there interpretation, because can I tell you, and let me say this concerning interpretation very quickly. If you're in the room and you hear somebody give a message in tongues and all of a sudden the Lord puts something in your spirit, here's what the Bible says. Stand still for a moment. Don't be in a hurry. How many knows we get in trouble when we get in a hurry? The Bible teaches us to prefer our brothers but we stand. If God gives you, I know what they're saying. I know what God's trying to deliver. You stand, you pause, you reverence. And if no one else speaks, then you should by the unction and by the faith of God begin to release what God has said to you. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Just speak to it. It don't have to be five minutes. It can be three words or it can be 30 words or it can be five minutes if God's in it. But you always pause. But can I tell you, it will always bring glory and honor to God. It will always point people to Him. But then there's the third vocal gift that I'm going to give you very quickly, and that's the gift of prophecy. It's one of the gifts that we're seeing abused all over our nation. It's a very dangerous thing when people begin to use it for self-gain. But in Paul's writings, it's one of the most powerful gifts because it brings insight, it brings instruction, it brings guidance, it brings direction. It also can bring warning, but it also can bring great encouragement. We should never run across the nation to chase a prophet but we should always be willing to hear what a true prophet says. Because a prophet will always speak in a manner that aligns with the word of God. And we need the voice of the prophet today like we've never known. You could read of prophets in the days of Jeremiah that was just speaking things for people to hear to make them feel good and make them think that their prosperity was just going to continue but the Lord says I've not spoken to any of them they're all lying but if you have that prophetic gift this morning here's what I want to say to you I do not want you to let all of the garbage that's on social media and every other place 
to keep you from operating in that gift because in this day, God desires true prophetic voices. And I know that there's young men and women in this room, elder men and women in this room that has that gift. But because of not knowing how it will perceive, it's one of the things that we struggle with the most. But we should handle this gift with great reverence. We should handle this gift with a godly fear, not a spirit of fear, but a godly fear, a godly reverence. Because when a man or woman says, thus saith the Lord, you better be know that you're hearing from God. But when a man or a woman really does hear from God and he delivers, nations can be saved, families can be delivered, communities can be turned upside down, and revival fires can begin to burn. Every one of these gifts that I mentioned this morning, they all come through the gift of the Holy Ghost upon a man or a woman's life. In my opinion and through my study, I believe that every one of you will probably have a primary gifting, one of those nine in some way, shape, or form. And we'll get into that a little bit next week. that does not mean that that's the only area that you'll operate in but here's what I'm saying spend time in prayer do not be intimidated do not be fearful of your gifting but trust the Lord develop and grow in it when God begins to give you something go to the word and validate it make sure it's accurate then operate with confidence and faith. Then will we begin to see and experience a mighty move of God. Every one of these gifts that come by and through the power of the Holy Spirit, they do these things. Number one, they build up. If they're in operation in this room, It's gonna be building up the church. It's gonna be building up the people. It's gonna begin to give you a spirit of expectancy. It begins to bring that edification. The second thing they do is they establish. What do they establish? They establish the word of God is the absolute authority and truth. That needs to be established in this nation today. And I do not hesitate and tell you that this is truth. This is the right way. This is the only way. This has to, anything and everything that we do through the gift of the Holy Spirit has to establish this word. It also will bring profit. Bring profit to you and I. What does that mean? It will make us grow. It means that we won't be the same that we was last year this time. But we will be matured. We will be developed. We will be more sensitive. We will begin to experience the hand of God moving. And then fourthly, every one of them can 
continually proves the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. The moment that you and I begin to do something that begins to put spotlights on us, it's the moment it begins to get off track. But this gift was always given for us to bring glory and honor to the kingdom. And God desires to use you. And he desires to use me. As we stand all over the house today. Can I say to you this morning. That there is more. There is more. How can you say that this morning, Pastor? I can say that with complete assurance because of the simple fact. If you read on a little further in 1 Corinthians 12 and 31, Paul says, but covet earnestly the best gifts and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. There's some things that we've not yet tapped into, church. There's some things before us that we've not yet seen. Paul writes in Romans chapter 1 verse 11 for I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established I believe God wants to establish some people today I believe he wants to get you to a place where you're just confident. Say, you know what? I know this is God. This is what God is doing in my life. I know this is where God has taken me. But God wants to establish you in that. So this morning, maybe you're under the sound of my voice and you'd say, Pastor, I know I'm saved. That is the only requirement for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If your sins are under the blood this morning and you've surrendered your life to the Lord, you are the candidate to receive the gift, this wonderful gift called the Holy Ghost. How do I receive it? I went over that last week. You receive it by this. By coming to an understanding that it's needed, it's necessary that you desire to possess it and that you're willing to allow that power to flow through you so that you can advance the kingdom. God's not going to give you something if you're not going to use it. But the Holy Spirit is moving upon the earth today looking for a vessel that he can inhabit. So maybe you've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit I can rest assure you, I'm not going to tell you to loose your tongue or move your lips today. I'm going to tell you, you can stand or kneel in this room, this altar, wherever, and you can say, God, I come to the understanding that it's for today and that I need it and that you want to empower me so that I can be more effective for advancing your church. And Lord, I ask for it. I believe God can give that to you today. No hype. No trying to make anything worked up. Just when you desire what God has for you, you can receive it.
You say, well, I just don't know if I'm that comfortable in a public setting. I'm going to tell you something. You don't even have to be here to receive that gift. You can receive that gift. We've had testimonies of young people driving down the road and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. My brother desired that gift. Never understood. He said, I just don't know why I can't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was really frustrated. He took a walk unexpectedly, walked down through the farm, got in the woods, and all of a sudden the power of the Holy Ghost came, fell on him out in the middle of the woods. Can I tell you, you just have to know that it's needed, it's necessary, and you desire it, and you're willing to receive it. But maybe you would say this, Pastor, I'm saved, and I've received the gift of the Holy Spirit, and I know that God's anointed me and gifted me, but you would be honest enough today. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but you'd be honest before God today and say, you know what? I'm not operating in that gift that God has given me because maybe for a host of reasons, but maybe you're just insecure. That's what I find is the biggest issue. See, I'm not telling you a list of do's and don'ts. I'm telling you I'm trying in this series to bring correction and clarity as well as a release so that we can operate properly. When we operate properly in the Holy Spirit, I'm going to tell you something. We will set the stage for miracles and healings and signs and wonders to be on display in this room like we have never saw in our life. But it happens when men and women that have the gift say, God, I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to do whatever I'm willing to do. I'm willing for you to flow through me so that I can be a tool used to edify the body of Christ. Maybe you know God's used you in the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, or maybe one of the revelation gifts of wisdom and knowledge, discerning the spirits. Maybe even tongues and interpretation and prophecy. But you say, I've really struggled. I've really struggled to be free in that. I believe God wants to bring freedom to you today. So in the stillness of this room right now, and I do feel the stillness of the Holy Spirit, and I know I've went long, but I traveled long, so I'm not even going to apologize for it this morning. And I don't mean that mean. But before I let you go this morning, I get part of the worship team to come and just get ready to worship with her this morning. We're going to go into a place of worship right now and if you you want to release if you want to release from the holy from this from this distractions and the struggles and you want to operate freely in the gifts of the holy spirit whatever gifting it may be I'm going to ask you to come from, this, from wherever you're sitting, wherever you're standing. Come to the front of this room. You'd say, I battled insecurities. I battled uncertainty. And as you're moving, I'm here to tell you, God's getting ready to meet you in this place. Maybe you never received the gift of the Holy Spirit. You'd say, you know what? I want to receive that gift. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to come. And I'm going to ask you to come. And I'm just going to ask you to stand, uh, kneel in this altar and just begin to talk to God and say, God, if you got that gift for me, I want it. 
But every, everyone in this room, I want you to just begin to be in a state of worship just for a few moments. If you have to slip out, I understand. I know it's a busy weekend. You're free to do that. Don't, I, I, don't, I have no problem with that. But before I leave today, I'm going to pray with these people. But if you're here and you know that there's giftings in your life, listen, church, we got to be free to operate in the giftings that God has given us. I know, I know that there is men and women in this room that's standing, not just in this altar, but you're standing in this sanctuary. You have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, but you're not free to operate in it. But I'm here to tell you, God's getting ready to free you if you want him to free you. But you've got to stand, you've got to respond. You got, you, got to, you got to quit waiting for somebody to do it for you. But you got to say, God, if you want me to prophesy, I'm going to prophesy. If you want me to operate in gifts of, of healing and miracles, I'm going to flow in that. Lord, if you want me to operate in revelation gifts, if you know that's what... Listen, you're going to have to get free because the church needs you today. So as they just began to worship, some of you men of God, women of God, powered by the Holy Spirit, would you just come and help me just begin to pray for these men and women in this altar today maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior you've heard of him but you don't know him as Lord and Savior I I beckon you to come maybe you need to surrender your life afresh today would you come he loves you he honors you today won't you come don't leave the same